today I, I want to start off by saying happy Father's Day to all of our fathers, and, and I want to say a special thank you uh, to Pastor Dave, who shared a great word last week, really about the, the seed of the Word of God and how it restores us in our relationship with God, restores our relationship with others. It actually restores our identity, uh, and, and we have been in this uh, series because of, uh, out of a, an encounter that I had with the Lord literally a year ago about this time. And uh, I, I, I was praying in 2020 and I, I, I said, Lord, would you please give me an idea about what 2021 is going to look like? Because if it's going to look a lot like this, then, then it, you could show us and help us to prepare for what is on the horizon. And literally, I saw, a, it's like a picture dropped before me, and I saw a charred landscape as if a, a wildfire has, had swept through, but suddenly there was a rumbling, and, and I saw new life begin to spring forth. And I knew this way back a year ago, that 2021 was going to be a time for us as a community where life was springing back out of the charred landscape of what we had experienced as a community and as a nation. I knew that God was going to do something uh, good that would astound us and, and grab hold of our hearts. And I, would, I, I asked the Lord at that time, I said, Lord, what is it that, what's the verse that goes along with this? By the way, for those of you who are given to visions and dreams, uh, this is a good rule of thumb. If you have a vision and it doesn't match up with that word, just bottle it up and blame it on pizza. But if it matches up with a word, boy, you can stand on it and you can keep standing on it. You see, I asked the Lord and, and I, I, I would challenge you to, to, to go and look at this scripture. Isaiah chapter 40, he said, this is what it's going to look like. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Aren't you glad that there's a God that says, if you'll simply get in my presence and wait on me, I'll renew your strength. I see you in your weakness and I'm going to renew your strength. He said, and he says, how I'm going to do it. He says, I'm going to, they're going to mount up on wings as eagles. There'll be an uncommon wind begin to blow the wind of God's spirit. The breath of God will begin to lift the church. He says, they'll run and they're not going to be weary. What do you do when you run you're it, it's something where where a gun goes off and you've got a sudden appointment to keep you've got to run for a short period of time and I believe that 2021 is filled with divine appointments that there are times when God something goes off in the spirit and he says go now go reach now go give now go serve now go and you run through that door and you see God do something supernatural but then it says they will also walk and not faint and that's talking about, I believe for us as a community, that God is giving us a steadfast spirit. No more roller coaster. Aren't you glad to be off the roller coaster? Aren't you, aren't you just glad to be walking with God with a steadfast spirit? Saying, man, I'm not, I'm not going through those ups and downs anymore. Man, freedom isn't the time between failures. Freedom is walking with Jesus for the rest of my life until he returns for me. And so I, I begin to, uh, you know, way back then, over a year ago, I began to hear those things. Well, I was in prayer here a couple of weeks ago and suddenly saw the same vision again. And I heard the Lord say this. He says, this begins now. This begins now. And I'm like, wow, this is like a year later. God says, this begins now. Now, um, 
As he was saying this begins now, I, I begin to understand that the season that we were going to be in is going to be supernatural. There's going to be growth. There's going to be new people. There's going to be things breaking in. Uh, like we just, could, we just couldn't have explained what God is doing except that God is readying us for us. And this is how he said you're going to grow. He says this is what you need to focus on during this summertime. He said, and it came so fast, faster than I could think it. It came to my heart, my spirit. It said, and this is what you're going to focus on as this is happening now. It's the seed. It's the soil. It is the soaking in the sun. All S's, you know, which for those who've been around Calvary for know that I was a youth pastor here for 16 years under Pastor Michael Rarick, and there was not one sermon that did not all start with the same letter. They all started with the same letter. All, all, sermons, all sermon points started with the same letter. And when they all came in the same letter, I kind of chuckled me and God had a laugh. I was like, oh, I'm becoming my father. <laughs> he said it would be the seed, the soil, the soaking in the sun. And that's what would carry us through the summer. And that would, that would be what promoted this supernatural time of recovery and renewal of strength. And I want to tell you, this has begun. And so what you heard from me a couple of weeks ago was about the seed. This is the first, the first uh, idea was about the seed. And, and for some of you, that may be a foreign idea. You're like, why is pastor talking about gardening? I'm not. <laughs> See, Jesus told us that there is the most important parable that anyone could know is found in Luke chapter 8. And it's the parable of the sower. And this is what you need to understand. When I say seed, this is taken directly from what Christ said in Luke chapter 8, verse 11. He says this, the seed is the word of God. So when God says to us, hey, in the initial stages of, of really seeing supernatural movement of my spirit and you're seeing me do what I promised you to do, promised to do over a year ago, when you see me doing it, you start by focusing on the seed of the word of God. And that's what I spoke on two weeks ago and Pastor Dave did a wonderful job of talking about how the seed actually brings us into restoration. And I want you to understand some things about this seed. It is both practical and supernatural. So there'll be some practical things that I say today, but there are also some supernatural elements to the seed of the Word of God. And today I do want to speak a message to fathers, but I want you to understand that everyone in here this message applies to. But I can't help but have a heart that goes out to fathers in this place. And I want everybody in Calvary to know that in terms of me as a pastor and leader, in terms of our opinion in this church, is this. Fathers, we need you. Fathers, we need you to come into your place. And today, I want to give you a highlight from Luke chapter 8, which is going to speak to a father's call. And we're going to really focus on verse 5, but just so you understand the parable of the sower in a little greater way, we're going to read all of it and then, and then look at two very simple points today. Luke chapter 8, verses 5 through 8 says this, A farmer went out to sow his seed, 
As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path that was trampled on, and the birds ate it up, and some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and uh, with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, today... I want, to, I want to really call your attention to verse 5. We're going to spend some time in the, in, in the coming weeks on, on really uh, tearing apart this parable of the sower because it is critical uh, for all of us to, as you know, maybe perhaps tend the soil of our hearts. And we're going to look at that in the days ahead. But I want you to see a father's call within verse 5. I want you to look carefully at it as I tell you that, first of all, fathers are called to the field. Fathers, you are called to the field. Notice it says, a farmer went out. A, far, a farmer went out. Some people, women especially, are like, why do you always feel like you have to be going? Here's why. God made us outside the garden and put it put us inside the garden to work it we went out from where we were created and into what God had called us to and men today I want you to know that God is calling you out he's calling you out into the field we need you in the field we need you to get in the game Got a young man up here on the second row. Oh, come on. Uh-oh. We need you in the game. We need you in the game. Somebody, if you're a father and you want to be blessed in the game, come on. Come on. Every father here, throw your, throw your hand up, dads. Throw your hand up, dads. Throw your hands up. Come on. Don't leave them out. Don't leave them out. Come on. Peanuts, come, come on. Peanuts, Cracker Jacks. Come on, peanuts. Cracker Jacks, there's some peanuts. Come on, we've even got some keto snacks, right? Come on, you see some hands. Here we go, there's some beef jerky too, Gramps. Come on, we need you in the game. All right. Come on. Hey, good things happen when you're in the game. All you got to do is get in the right place and good things happen. If, you, if this is your first week coming to Calvary and you're asking your neighbor, is it like this every week? Come back next week. We'll see. My son, my son, my son plays travel baseball, and uh, and uh, matter of fact, he's even playing in a tournament today. And we hear it from the coaches all the time: good things happen if you swing the bat. Well, uh, I got a little travel baseball player sitting down here too. Good things happen when you get in the field. I mean, Tampa is learning this. 
I'm wearing my favorite baseball team's jersey, the Tampa Bay Rays. You know why I love the Tampa Bay Rays? You know why I love them? Because nobody knows who they are. They got no payroll. And they're the number one team in baseball. And I don't know why nobody goes to the games. But who knew that if you would just get in the game, good things would happen? I mean, and think of this. In Florida, they put down ice. And we won a Stanley Cup. Over and over again, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, hockey. Hockey. The best team in hockey is from Tampa. What? Canadians are so mad. I'm sorry, Blaine. Sorry. And then Tampa gets the world's oldest quarterback. We're like, eh, let's just win another one. Good things happen when you get in the game. And lots of times, it's not about doing something in a conventional way. It's really just about, I'm going to make myself available to God. I'm going to get into the field. I'm going to get into this kingdom. I'm going to be a part of whatever God calls me to. And you can't just say, well, I don't have the payroll. I don't, I don't have the pedigree. I don't have that. No, no, no. Just get in the game. And watch God do good things. And fathers, we need you desperately in this game. We need you in this field. Why? Why am I addressing dads in this way? Why would I make such an impassioned plea to dads? Because in 1 John 2, in both verses 13 and 14, it says this. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. It says it again in verse 14. I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. It repeats it twice. That is the message to fathers. You know why that is the same message twice to fathers? And it's so simple because that's the kind of message we need. Like, it can't be too complex. Why do you need me in the field? Here's why. You know God. Why does he say it twice? Because sometimes we don't answer the first time. We're distracted by what we're watching. Can you not hear me, honey? I didn't. Sports center. Why do we need you in this field? We need you because you know God. You know God. But, you know, sometimes in life, the people who know God, they go through some things. I took a moment and passed around the microphone. I could probably hear the story of the bumps, the bruises, the trials, the circumstances that you've gone through, especially men. When we try to say, oh, man, I tried living for God, and then we try to begin to step up, and then the problems break out. Like, oh, that's enough. Wanted to fix the world and have it stay fixed. But I stepped up 
And it seemed like it got more broken. Seemed like problems arose when I said yes to God. Do you know why the problems arose when you said yes to stepping out and saying, Jesus, I'm finally going to do some things for you. I'm going to live for you. I'm finally going to begin to be the one that you, you know why the problems arose is because you're the answer to the problem. You're God's solution. But we forget that. And there was a, a great, mighty father in the faith. Who ended up in that same position. His name was Elijah. And there was a time in his life. Where as the primary voice to Israel. The primary voice of God to God's people. Was running for fear of his life. And here he is. He's running and running. And he just says. I have got to get away and he backs himself in to a cave and he gets into the cave he leaves the field and he goes and gets into a cave and I feel like today there's probably some people under the sound of my voice that the circumstances of life have caused you to back away from God's purposes and God's plan for your life. And you've backed into a cave and you've kind of said, I'm going I'm to leave this to somebody else. That hurts too much. I feel too vulnerable. I don't know if I can actually make it. But I want you to look into this story of this great man of God who found himself in a cave. And let's look at it together from 1 Kings 19, 11 through 14. The Lord spoke to Elijah and said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now, here's what I want you to notice. He doesn't do it immediately. He gets the word. He doesn't do it immediately. Notice what happens. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, and he shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and the wind... Uh, after the wind there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake after the earthquake came a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire came a gentle whisper and when Elijah heard it he put his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave then a voice said to him what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Here's the picture. He's like, man, I'm done. I'm done. The people you called me to minister to, they want to kill me. The, 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 you know, we're supposed to serve you, God, in the very place of connection. At the altar, they're tearing those down. He says, I feel like I'm the only one left. Can I, can I just show you something beautiful from this passage? This is wonderful. Notice. The earthquake didn't get him out of the cave. The wind didn't get him out of the cave. The fire didn't get him out of the cave. 
You know what got him out of the cave? The seed. The word of God got him out of the cave. And I love this. When the word of the Lord came, here's what Elijah did. He reaches down. Dad, some of us need to do this. When God speaks to him, he reaches down, grabs a mantle, his purpose that he has let go of, and he wraps it around the problem. He wrapped it around the problem. What was the problem? The way he was thinking about God and the way he was thinking about himself. He said, the word of God has caused me to pick up my purpose. And I need my purpose to get wrapped around my problem. And then he comes out to the edge of the cave and he says, I hear the word saying, what are you doing here? You're meant to be out in the field. You're meant to be out there, not hiding in here. What happens is, is when the circumstances of life come against us, we forget the good history of God. Elijah, just days before this, he's the bold guy that was standing at the bottom of Mount Carmel. In the midst of a drought. He builds an altar. He calls all the false prophets. There's 850 of them there trying to, trying to call down fire from heaven. Elijah, one of the funniest verses in the whole Bible is actually found in this account in 1 Kings chapter 19. He actually says to the false prophets, perhaps your God is in the bathroom. That's why he's not answering you. It's hilarious. I mean, this guy, I mean, that's not, a, that's not a timid thing to say, is it? It's a very confident moment. And then they're, they're done. There's no answer. He calls on God. Fire comes down from heaven. After he has taken a substance worth more, to gold, more than gold in Israel, he took water and water and water and water in the midst of a three and a half year drought and puts it on the altar. This is confidence. He says, I'm watering this thing down to just show you how big God is. He waters it down, calls out to God. Fire comes down out of heaven and consumes the offering. He then slays 850 prophets, false prophets. And then calls an end to the drought of the nation. And a few days later, he's in a cave. Listen. You may be doing well now, but you need this word. You may find yourself in a circumstance where you, you are running for your life like Elijah. You may have a successful history, but here's what you need to know. God is calling you out of the cave. He wants you out of the cave. And I'm here today to remind you that in your past, fire has come down. There has been a cleansing. The drought has ended and good things will happen when you come out of the cave. You see, Elijah still had to raise up a son named Elisha. 
Elijah still had to lay hands on a soon-to-be king named Jehu, which would ultimately tear down Jezebel's reign over Israel. He had to anoint two kings and a, a prophet. He had to give birth to sons, but he wasn't going to give birth to sons in a cave. It was only going to happen in the field. And what brought him out? The seed of the word of God. The gentle whisper of the word caused him to pick up his purpose. Wrap it around his problem and come out of the cave. And I want to tell you today, that's what God wants to do in all of us. He wants to, us to, to get into the word of God and allow it to somehow change the view of the circumstances we have been through so we get back in the field. The second thing that you need to know, fathers, is that you're called to sow seed. And this applies to all of us. Notice what this says in verse 5. It says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Not someone else's seed, it was his seed. He went out to sow his seed. The seed you possess is the seed that you sow. Let me get this, let me give it to you again. The seed that you possess is the seed that you sow. And this seed is able to equip you. 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture, it's God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It will equip you. And you're meant to be equipped by the seed. And I know that many fathers and many believers feel like, I don't have enough seed. I don't have enough seed. Well, first of all, that's why all of us here at Calvary, all of us here at Calvary, so I'm talking to the ones who haven't listened yet. <laughs> all of us here at Calvary are doing a reading program this summer where we're reading the whole New Testament. All of us are doing it. If you're not doing it, you're just not on the same page, which happens to be the name of our reading program. It's called Same Page Summer. So on the Bible app, if you're not doing it, you're out of the will of God. Come on. Get on the same page. We don't need any more Lone Rangers out there. Got enough of those people who don't want to be submitted and want to start a church in a storefront someplace. God bless you. I'm telling you today, we need a little more seed. So what do we got to do? We got to go to the word of God and we're going to get it in us in this time. Why? Because he's thoroughly equipping us. And I, listen, if you feel like you don't have enough seed, and I get it, that's a real struggle. For many people, uh, when they read the word of God, they feel, it feels like a closed book to them. And I, I would encourage you, if you do feel that way, First, you need to be born again. That's the first thing. If it's a closed book to you, you got to get born again. You got to get God's spirit on the inside of you. Give your life to Jesus. He opens the book to us then. But then, I want you to see this. From one chapter, there's a powerful statement. So if you've ever felt like I've been lacking in seed, I don't... I don't what, am I, what do I have? What is my seed? Where do I even get it? 
It's not as simple as just reading. You need your seed. Look at Isaiah 55. This is a wonderful, wonderful chapter. And it's not only uh, it's seed that you sow, but there's a seed in Isaiah 55 you can say. And it says this. This is in verses 8 through 11. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts, your thoughts, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that, listen to this, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Here's what this says. The word of God will give you seed. The word of God will give you not just a generic seed, your seed. The farmer sows his seed. This is the seed that has changed us. And that's what the farmer goes out and does. He he sows his seed. God's word is what produces seed for the sower. But I love this. You say, well, okay. I agree with that. Okay, I believe that God's word will give me seed. But what do I say? We're just going to back up two verses. And I'm going to give you a message the whole world needs right now. This is the message the whole world needs. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And call on him while he is near. Here's the message, church. Here's the seed. God is close. And you will find him if you reach out for him. He is near and he is moving. You can look at the most lost co-worker you work with, the most addicted alcoholic, the most broken drug addict, and you could say, the Lord is near. He's here. And you can find him. Followed by this, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. You always find God through the narrow door called repentance. It's saying, listen, we we don't come to God and keep our sin as if God is winking at sin. He doesn't do that. He says, no, we're going to turn from our wickedness and we're going to turn to God. And that that in itself, it, it feels like a little bit incomplete until you read the rest of the verse. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will abundantly pardon this is the message our field needs this is the message fathers there is a God who will have mercy on you when you turn to God he will have mercy on you if you're here today and you wonder I may, maybe I lost out with God I failed too many times no I'm here to tell you today turn to God and he'll have mercy on you you say you don't know how much I've done you don't know the abundance of pardon that he's offering this is the seed that you say when you've received A seed that was sown. Now, 16 years of youth ministry, I learned a little bit about young people. First, if you're not real, 
They see right through you. They'll see you. They look. They can see. They have these X-ray eyes. And if you're not authentic, they will look into your soul, and they're like, "Fake." I'm not listening to them. And so there was a scripture that the Lord highlighted to me. It, it, it put into my heart a good fear of the Lord. And I want to give it to every father and every believer in here. It's from Luke chapter 6 verse 40. And it says this. The student is not above the teacher. But every student who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Listen to me, church. People don't become what you say. They become who you are. And if the seed has not had its transformative effect in you, it will not in them either. Because they don't become what you say. They become who you are. That's why the word of God on Satan's lips doesn't work. But when one has said, oh God, I want to sow my seed. The seed of the word of God that has changed me. I want to go out into my field and I'm going to scatter it. And I'm going to put it out. That seed which has changed my life will lead to good things happening for the kingdom. And what I want to call every father on and what every believer in Calvary needs to hear is to allow the seed of the word of God to bring effectual change through humility and meekness and the fear of the Lord. And you receive it and allow it to change you and then when you begin to say there is a God full of mercy if you'll turn to him you'll find mercy and you'll find an abundance and pardon suddenly those words carry weight in the spirit because those words have changed you and your seed begins to change the world sow the seed that you have allowed to change your life and then We will see 